everyone if you want to give maybe 30 seconds to a minute about yourself and then how you define relationship building and networking. Then we can open up for a discussion from there. Adam, do you want to kick off? Sure. Well, it's a relatively small crowd right now, and most people know me. But but for anybody who, who doesn't or might listen to the recording, so my name is Adam Marks. I, I do networking consulting. I do writing. I do a lot of content posting around building really great relationships and basically getting in front of the people that you want to get in front of, whether it's venture capitalists or press people or partnership opportunities or customers or whatever, and learning how to build really great long-term dialogues with those people. You know, I'm a tech writer, I'm blah, 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 speaker, whatever, but that's the real focus that I'm interested in right now because I think that a lot of networking could be done a lot better and serve people better. Awesome. Do you want a popcorn from there? Popcorn, Tabitha. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Well, that's so funny. I'm new to this. This is exciting. Hey, guys, I'm Tabitha Cavanaugh, and I'm working in the healthcare space. Right now, I'm with Chen Med. We are uh, a leading primary care provider for the elderly, 65 and up. So it's a really cool opportunity to get into some low-income areas and help people that are having to face barriers to even get quality healthcare. So that's the space I'm in now. I'm a recruiter and a talent strategist and really Really what that means at the my heart of hearts is that I'm very similar to Adam. I'm a relationship builder. I'm a connector, a networker, whatever you want to call it. I've always really cared about people. And that's really the common denominator with everything I've been doing. And so I think my overall philosophy of, of working with people is just leaving every single interaction better than I found it. Doesn't matter if I'm at TJ Maxx and I meet somebody randomly in the aisle there, or I'm in a work meeting, whatever it is, or here. I hope that everything that I do to contribute will always make someone's life better in some way. So that's what I'm all about. I love people. I love helping people to find alignment and really helping to facilitate unlikely connections and, and just getting you to a place you didn't know you could be. Because I think that most people are really within reach. Whatever that Kevin Bacon, six degrees of separation thing is, I do believe that. And so if there's anyone I can ever help connect you to, just let me know. And with that said, it's nice to be here. And I will popcorn to, I guess, maybe the last speaker that we have. Is that Adrian? Hi, yeah, I'm Adrienne Barnes. I am the founder of a consultancy that I've called Best Buyer Persona, and also I do B2B staff content strategies. And so a lot of, you know, my belief and exercise and practice around relationship and networking is essentially just getting to know people and making friends. And it's been one of the cornerstones for growth for both my consultancy and my strategy services as a solopreneur. You know, if you're not out there making friends and just trying to get to know people and be helpful, then you're probably pretty much dying in your own business. So it's all about knowing and sharing and being friends. Adam asked me to join and I'm excited to help out and learn something from some real relationship and networking experts. Awesome. And I'm terrible at relationship building. So I started a daily spaces so I could just invite people back rather than having to figure out how to catch up with them otherwise. So this is Adam and I catching up. <laughs> this is just our overdue dialogue. And, and by the way, you're like a super liar. You're actually pretty good at building yeah, relationships. Uh, you might be the first person to think that. Maybe I'm getting better at it on Twitter because I don't have to go other places. But I've dropped all of my, all my LinkedIn <laughs> relationships are dead now. Most of my email relationships. If I met you three years ago, I may not remember who you are anymore. Well, actually, so this is a, a really good segue. I see that Nir just popped into the chat. So Nir is here in Atlanta.
Atlanta, I think, still, maybe. Nira and I have known each other possibly since, like, high school age. And, like, I think we went to the same high school for a while, and then we went off to college, to different colleges, and we connected a couple of years ago, again, when I was back in Atlanta. Oh, he must have popped out. But the point is, is that people come into and out of your life because everyone's got their own stuff going on, and you never know at what point a relationship when it would be great timing for a collaboration. So like the best thing to do is just to continue having a great dialogue and kind of let things grow organically as they will. Adam, yeah, you know what? That's so funny. And I think our relationship is a really good example of that. I honestly don't remember exactly how we met other than we met on LinkedIn. And my brain isn't always the greatest either. But I know that we've had some great conversations and we really hit it off. And then, you know, some time passed. I think most of the pandemic before we really got back together, but then a clubhouse event and now a Twitter event and some random things have brought us back together. So I think it's just kicking off having a really great first connection with somebody, whether it's great energy or whatever it is that's really tying you together and then letting it organically blossom, like you said, and not forcing it. And even if that means two years goes by and then you finally get back in touch, I think great relationships are about longevity and it's not about the short game. So it's, hey, if we don't talk for six months, it's okay. Like we know that we can be there for each other. So that's what I love about it. And and I've had the same kind of dynamic with Adrian. Like we've talked, we had a couple of calls that were close, maybe a few weeks past and between them. And it felt like we were talking almost every day or very continuously on on Twitter and commenting. And then like just life gets busy and people work on different projects. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the most important things to just recognize about networking is (laughs) it's nuanced. Yeah, but I think, Adam, one of the things that was great about, at least early on for us, we were doing the formal stuff on LinkedIn, but then we would get on a video call and both have opportunity to like share really what was going on in our businesses, some points of vulnerability, some questions, some problem solving. You know, it went beyond just a surface level hey, how are you doing? We really were like, hey, I care about you. Let's figure out how we can solve these problems and maybe brainstorm with each other. And I think those interactions, we had quite a few of those. It's what really helped develop, not even just a working relationship where if someone's like, hey, I need this. I think, oh, Adam's a great guy to do that. But like actually a friendship that, you know, is going to be even beyond networking possibilities. Yeah, I definitely think that's what the term networking, in my opinion, has become like a buzzword. And there's like a lot of like negative connotations associated with it. Like the phrase networking event, even in non-pandemic times, like it just in my mind, it evokes just like average food, overpriced beer, walking away with 40 business cards with people you have like no intention of contacting. They make you pay for beer? Because everybody's where, there. Where are you going to network? Well, some, I, some, some. That... <laughs> Well, some have been like at a bar and they'll be like, you can get like one for free, but you going to be there for an hour or two. So you get like one free drink, but then you have to buy off the menu. And I think that I was having this conversation like yesterday with my father, which is funny because I was at an event here in Atlanta, like yesterday morning with a few people, like a couple of whom I had already known and was relatively good friends with. And then like a bunch of new people who I met just down getting coffee yesterday morning. And, you know, I was talking with my father later in the day. I'm like, yeah, I should get get some business cards. You know, I was kind of musing to myself. And then we were talking about it. And I was like, but I wouldn't really use them like at a networking event. Because in my experience, people spend so much time trying to hand out their business cards that they don't spend the time cultivating a great dialogue. 
You know, they're, they're like, oh, but what if I walk away and I didn't hand that person my business card? If you have a great conversation with somebody, this is the 21st century and they're motivated to get into contact with you, they'll find you either through social media or your business website, like, or through Google. Like there are any number of ways. I've had people like find me just by looking for my orange sunglasses, which is ridiculous, but it happens. And I think the reality is that people don't spend the time on the things that it's worth spending time on, right? Because like you could spend time handing out business cards, but you're better off spending time understanding who somebody is, what motivates them, what kind of missions are they working on? And thinking to yourself, how can I work with this person? How can we collaborate and, and find something mutually beneficial? Yeah. Adam, you bring up such a great point. Oh my gosh. I was just going to say, it comes down to the conversations you're having. It doesn't matter how many people you talk to. I mean, having two meaningful conversations at a networking event, if you want to call it that, is better than meeting 50 people. And it comes down to, are you having surface level conversations? Are you talking about the weather? Are you talking about the things that are really just like making you anxious because you're like, this is awkward? Or are you just organically flowing, like feeling people's energies. And some people are better at that than others, but just letting that take you and then having those meaningful conversations, like actually connecting, like you said, versus just, hey, walked away with 40 business cards, don't remember 39 of those people. So for me, when I'm meeting somebody new, I'm trying to repeat their name. I'm trying to think about the things that are really resonating with me and what's connecting their name to maybe a fact about them, about who they are, whatever it might be. So I love that you brought that up because I was like chomping at the bit (laughs) to bring up the fact that, you know, if you're not having the right conversations, it doesn't really matter how many people you're talking to. Yeah. And and I just wanted to bolster Adrian point there that like our first couple of conversations were like probably more relatively formal but like anybody who's ever zoomed with adrian like she has like really awesome guitar collections she has guitars like on her wall and i was like getting distracted i was like okay I, we need to talk about the guitars <laughs> that are hanging on your wall because i can't focus on talking about business until i talk about that because that's part of my passion they're good icebreakers. And to Tabitha's point, I just wanted to say, so that's actually what has turned me a little bit away from LinkedIn was they had a LinkedIn in Dallas, a LinkedIn local event. This was a couple years ago in my area. And I went to it and the whole event wasn't like, hey, let's get to know you. Oh my gosh, we've talked and chatted a little bit online. Like it's great to see a face. It was everyone taking every opportunity they could to give their elevator pitch, their 30 second spiel. Here's my hard very very few people there was like one corner of people I found that I could go and sit and actually chat but if you were working the room if you were walking around the room the conversation wasn't like hey what do you do what's going on with you oh my goodness like tell me about your family tell me about your life it was all hey so this is my business this is what we do here's the card let me put myself in your phone very transactional and it it, honestly it turned me off have you ever been to an actual speed networking event I have not well they're useless speaking from experience (laughs) Yeah. I don't understand the idea of a speed networking event. The idea intrigues me like as a theoretical concept, but I, if I was going to run a speed networking event, I wouldn't have any questions about what's your business. What do you do? How are you making money? What do you want to sell me? I wouldn't have anything like that. I'd be like, all right, everybody's got 30 seconds. There's like a prompt phrase, right? And you have to find the best gift. And I would do things that would underscore what's this person's sense of humor. 
humor, you know, and then like you get more into more serious. What are the like? Yeah, okay. I don't care what your current business is. Like, what are you working towards? What are the missions that really drive you? So for me, I'm really driven by like missions of mental health and diversity and stuff that I couldn't solve myself if I wanted to. And I'd love to be part of that mission, but like that's not something that I can do myself. That's like a broader mission that includes lots of people. And so those to me would be really interesting speed networking events because you get a really good taste of who somebody is in that, maybe that 30 second window and the conversation of what they're selling or what they're working on or this or that. There's always time for that. You don't have to close the deal in the first 15 seconds. And if you feel you do, you're either not a great salesperson or your product isn't that great. That's what that communicates to me. That's a good point. And I want to try to get us out of networking events because I think we can hate on them for the rest of this time without an issue. But positioning yourself and signaling is huge when it goes into introducing yourself to somebody for the first time. I know I will reach out to somebody on Twitter or LinkedIn or email differently depending on who I'm reaching out to and what medium I'm reaching out through. And Twitter, I do it the most informally. It's always just invite you on my podcast. We'll talk there and then we can have more discussions. But I'm curious for everyone else, how do you introduce yourself? How do you get that first foot in the door? Because I think events are fine and well, but I'm guessing 80 or 90 or maybe even 100% of the networking that we all do is through other channels, through direct or through referrals. Adrian or Tabitha want to start us off? Sure. Yeah. Um, oh, go, ahead, go ahead, Tabitha. No, nope, go ahead. <laughs> so I don't have a very solid, this is my approach. Mine just develops organically. And when you said like, okay, so you've been referred out for my business, essentially for the way that I operate, that's where most of it comes from. Just somebody says, hey, I don't know who our customers are or our sales have slowed down or whatever. They're talking about this pain point. We don't know what kind of messaging to use. And someone else goes, oh, hey, I know Adrian and she does that. And so then that's an email or that's like a Twitter DM. And then from there, I feel like most of the quote unquote work, the introduction has been done for me. So I just come in and I'm like, hi, I'm, this is what I do. And so when the introductions are made that way, I feel like there's, I don't know, it's just a natural, more organic flow. Like that's how life happens, right? Like in business and even outside of business, whatever the case may be, we're, we're talking about things with our friends and our friends say, hey, this is something that you should look into. And then we already trust that it's most likely going to be a good solution because our friend told us that it was going to be great. For me, I don't have a very clear formula or like, this is my approach, step one, step two, step three. It could just evolve. And maybe that's not a great approach. That's why I'm also here to hear what other people have to say in their approaches as well. Yeah. And Adrian, to your point, that's the way a lot of people are doing it, which is kind of, oh, if somebody introduces me to somebody or whatever. And that's a great way to meet people, obviously. I like to consider myself, you know, somewhat of a connector and I, on purpose, I'm a connector on purpose. I love meeting people. I love thinking about Adrian. Once I get to know more about you, then my brain will be thinking, okay, who can I introduce her to? And so for me, I'm always thinking about how can I make your life better, right? How can I leave this interaction better than I found it? And then I think with that mindset, that always helps me to keep, certainly not everyone in mind. I meet a lot of people 
people. I'm a recruiter. But when you come to the interaction with a great mindset, like I really want to just be open to whatever is about to happen, then I think that's really when you get the most out of it. And part of that is, I think, a vulnerability. So when I speak with whether it's, you know, I try to connect with new people at least once a week through LinkedIn or whatever, like completely outside of my job, not related to that, just really getting to know people, continuing to expand who's in my community. You know, by doing that, it just organically continued to happen over time. And I would say, I know we're on Twitter right now, but I spent a lot of my time on LinkedIn and and I would meet a lot of people there. And I've grown that follower count, whatever, you know, which I care less about. I care more about the engagement and who's actually in that community. And are those people also good people that I can continue to refer out? And that's the kind of, you know, mentality I have. It's like everything snowballs into everything else. You know, it's like dominoes. So if I introduce somebody to somebody else, and then they might make that introduction too. So that's like my name down the line. And that's how I've built my reputation is people are like, okay, Tabitha is a connector. So I think some of those things are what really helped me just mindset around the connection. If in the first five seconds, it feels right for both people to share something super personal. I've been on conversations like that. I've been on calls like that. And I've been on calls where we're on the phone for the first time and people are like, I don't know why I'm telling you this. And they're in tears. And I think it's just you attract and everybody's different, but you attract different things when you open yourself up. So I've always been really honest that like I'm a cancer survivor. I have been laid off when I was pregnant, that I have been open about my challenges. So other people feel like almost like a permission. They don't need permission, but they feel like, oh, she just shared something. Now I feel like I can share something too. And that is how in conversation number one, within 10 minutes, I can create an incredibly strong bond with somebody because it's just an awareness, a mentality, and really how you decide to show up. But if if you're going to show up and be guarded, it's not to say, that down the line, you can't have some type of like great relationship. But it just I think that really is dependent on how you decide to kick that off. So that's just my two cents. I really love both of those shares because they really underscore the personal element which I think gets either left out or dismissed is like, well, this is business, you know, mix business with pleasure, which is something that I, I think is, a, is one of these kind of like hard and fast gospel rules that's inherently bullshit. And for me, it's funny because I spend so much time thinking about like this particular question, given what I do, it's how do I help other people get in front of the people whom they want to get in front of in a way that is, and part of the question is, okay, but why do you want to get in front of this person? Do you want to get in front of this person just to sell something and make some money? Because that's not really what I'm focused on. If that's what somebody is focused on, that's fine. But I have target people. When I say I have target people that I want to get in front of, you know, they could be LinkedIn influencers or Instagram influencers or whatever, or just other press people, journalists, or venture capitalists. And my feeling is, okay, I want to get in front of this person. Presumably, I'd love to do business with them at some point. But I also want to learn from them. I also want to create value for this person. Like 75 or 85 even percent of everything I post across whatever network is supporting somebody else. Devin, I see you're a shipper. If you'd like to come up and give some input on networking, love to have you. Feel free to request to speak in the bottom left corner, and we would love to see what you're up to. How you guys doing? Well, until he, um, well, I know we. Yeah, I'm, I'm just slaving away this morning, so I figured I'd pop in and just have a listen. But yeah, love what I'm hearing. And I have a couple thoughts. I, I love the network. I spend a lot of time to myself working on projects, but there's a tremendous amount of power of reaching out, making connections. You never know 
who knows who and who is capable of what. And I'm not quite sure who is speaking about it, but my general philosophy is give with no expectation of anything in return. And a lot of people focus on networking with the idea of cultivating an audience but they focus on the quantity of audience members and not the quality. And I truly believe if you take the time to give before you get, you will eventually be given some reciprocation from the type of people you want in your audience. While it could take longer and it might be a little bit exhausting with putting yourself out there in that way, that generally yields better long-term results. Yeah, Devin, absolutely. And to add to that, something that I love to do and that when I look at some of my favorite people and some of the top connectors that I know what they're doing is just, again, it's, it's an awareness. It's paying attention. So if they see, you know, one time I saw Dave Gearhart. He was the, I think, the chief marketing officer for Drift. He moved over to yep. Privy. I saw that he loved Post-it notes. And I know him, like, through the grapevine. We know of each other, but we don't, like, know each other. So I put together a little package for him. I put together a book that I wrote a chapter in. I put a handwritten card with, and I went out to the store and bought, like, some cool different kinds of Post-it notes and then packaged it up. And that's just one example. And then I know other people that are like, oh, hey, you just had a new baby. Like, let me, you know, I have a friend that's an author that authored a children's book. Let me get him to sign it and then mail it to you. And that's really like how you can kick off relationships too, that somebody you've been wanting to meet, but you don't really know. So of course it's getting their address and being able to do that. But once you're able to do that, it's, I send out handwritten notes all the time. I just sent one out last week to our glass door rep for 10 bed, you know? So it doesn't really matter who it is. It's just, if you have a great conversation, a great interaction, and you want to keep that going and at least let that person know that you are a good resource for them and, and that you really care. I mean, sending things like that, like a handwritten note is not dead. I love snail mail. And that has been a huge part of my quote unquote strategy is sending those out on a really regular basis to my, I send them out to my colleagues. If they, if somebody really inspires me or helps me on a project, or even just takes the time to introduce themselves when I'm new, you know, cause I'm still pretty new to ChenMed. I'm only about four months in. So I've just been doing things like that. And I think that makes you really memorable, but it also puts a smile on their face. I include a little sticker when I send it out. So of course, everyone's different. I don't expect that everyone's going to send out a handwritten note with a sticker inside, but I think just taking the time to go above and beyond, even if it's just for a smaller subset of people, that's just a really memorable thing. So I don't know if anybody else here has tried that or done anything similar. I love handwritten notes. I use personal stationery and I always try to send a gift with it. Yeah, big fan. Yes. Um, Devin, I thought something you said was very intriguing to me about the quality versus the quantity of your audience. And it reminded me of something that Amanda Navitad tweeted recently about podcasts, getting people on your podcast or an event. And it's not just about getting those large people, speakers who have hundreds of thousands of followers or, you know, people within their audience, but it really is about finding, making sure that the content, the messaging is clear. And then that will help attract the right kind of audience and the right kind of people, not not just, oh, we've got this ex-marketing celebrity, so here we are now. The event's going to be amazing because everybody's going to want to see this one person. It's more about actually fostering a community around a message, I think, even more so now. And that, that also goes into just great network networking with quality people and, and, and knowing people who have a good message to share. I found it challenging. Actually, I'm, I'm about to launch 
it is launched now. It's a Fire Persona Summit, and it was interesting trying to balance having speakers that people would know, notable speakers, but then also creating messages that would be informative for the entire audience. And I think that really goes back into having a strong network and networking in, you know, around that quality versus quantity kind of idea. Yeah, I think that's spot on. And in regarding to an online audience, especially to the quantity versus quality quality debate is something people need to focus more on is engagement. You can have a massive audience, but if people aren't engaging, what does that number really represent? And so when you have a quality audience, it can be small, but if everybody is giving each other feedback, collaborating and growing together, when you want to talk about building a robust community, that's what it's all about, right? So at first I apologize, my phone totally shut down, but I really love that notion because that's when I do consulting or just when I'm talking to people and we talk about networking, I think that there can be this misperception that having a great network means having a hundred thousand followers. And so there's this dialogue that happens a lot, which is, you know, you can have an amazing network and not have a hundred thousand followers. It's about the caliber of the followers, not just the number, because if you have a hundred thousand followers on any given platform, but they're not really interacting with your content or engaging with it in a way that helps to build a mutually beneficial dialogue and community around that topic, that mission, that company, whatever it is, then numbers are just numbers. And so last year, I actually wrote an article last year, like I spent, I don't know, a few weeks last summer during the middle of the pandemic going viral on LinkedIn. And like, it was fun. Like the vanity metric of it was really nice to see those ridiculous numbers. But Ultimately, it wasn't like suddenly I had tons and tons of business coming in the door from that. Whatever business that had been coming in the door and still was coming in the door was primarily based on the personal relationships that I was just continuing to develop. So those vanity metrics, like they feel good in the moment, but they shouldn't distract from the real goal, which is the point of any conversation is really to get to the next conversation. And whether you have a hundred followers or a hundred thousand followers, the feeling that you should have in your mind, the goal is I want to create a relationship and a rapport so that whoever it is wants to pick up my phone call, wants to answer my email. And once you get to that point, it doesn't like we, we talked about with Adrian and Tabitha that it doesn't matter if six months goes by because people get busy with life. You don't spend time obsessing over that because you know that there's a great solid foundation for that relationship. Oh my gosh, I love what you just said out about like getting to the next conversation. And as a recruiter, that's what I'm always telling my candidates is like the first conversation you have with a hiring person, whether it's a recruiter, a hiring manager, whoever it might be, somebody from the hiring team, your goal is not to get the job. Sure. At the end, the day, yes, that's your ultimate outcome. But in conversation number one, you're likely not going to get the job, even if they love you and they feel like you're a great fit. Chances are there's probably a few more people you have to talk to, especially in a higher level position. And given that recruiting and all of that is all about relationship building or should be, let me preface it by saying that I know sometimes it's transactional. But in my world, I I love recruiting and, and it's not transactional. So point being is like, the goal is to get to the next conversation always. So how do you do that? And it's typically not by 
just focusing on yourself. It's also like knowing something about the other person, trying to create that connection. If you're in someone's office or wherever you are with them, you, again, it's an awareness. It's like looking around, seeing if you're in their office, do they have a bunch of pictures of sports or their kids or their whitewater rafting or whatever? There's a million examples. And it's just about, oh my gosh, like you're whitewater rafting or camping. And I love to camp. I'm super outdoorsy. And, and really just making that connection and breaking down those walls and those barriers that people put up, you know, because Adam, to your point, this last year, I hope, I think that it's taught many of us that there's really no line. So anyone that thought there maybe was a line before in my world, there's no line. I mean, business, personal, it really all blurs into each other. And of course, you're going to try to keep certain things separate. But at the end of the day, it's like when you blur those lines, that is when I have found absolute magic. And I think that like there's one last portion that I'd want to tack on the end of that because I, I hear about this all the time more within the, the context of like conversations with like close personal friends or when I'm not like out there doing the, the business thing. I think that there's a notion that anybody who has what might be perceived to be a powerful or an influential network or access to influential people that that person was just inherently either born with those connections or mom and dad made those connections like that it was that there was just a streamlined effect to get in front of those people and does that happen yes that does happen there are people who just have that streamlined ease to get in front of those people but i think the more important thing that i double down hard on is that you can build a ridiculous network from scratch i've done it across numerous industries. I did it when I was in music. I did it when I was in tech. I did it on LinkedIn, building like a little local political network so I can get more involved locally. And just the same strategies work. They're industry agnostic. So patience and humility and value creation, like these seem like really ambiguous terms until the day that they're not. And those things that you see on Facebook or on Twitter or on LinkedIn, you're like, oh, that stuff only happens on Shark Tank or a Facebook movie or whatever. It's no, that stuff happens in real life. But if you don't prepare the ground for that possibility, it doesn't happen. It's like looking to catch a fly ball in the outfield. Like if you're 100 paces in the wrong direction, you're not going to catch it. And so it's going to look like, of course, nobody would catch that. But if you're within a pace or two because you've spent time preparing the dialogue and creating value and just going out and being engaged in that community, you can build a staggering network in a relatively short time. And so like, that's possibly the most important thing I can say is anybody could do this. Taking out the whole, obviously, the socioeconomic element, which is a totally different conversation. But primarily, like people could go out and be patient. People could go out and create value for others. They could go out and just be humble and interested in creating with other people. Just for some reason, you got to focus on 10 months, not two weeks. It's not going to happen overnight. But six months down the line, you're going to look back and go, oh, my God, look who I can get in front of. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it goes to that adage of luck is where preparation meets opportunity. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Because, right, it is luck on some level. It's not all, yes, it's hard work. It really is. Relationship building, it takes effort and thought. But at the end of the day, sometimes you're just right place, right time, right opportunity. Yeah, I think timing is underrated as a uncontrollable factor in these sorts of things. I also think that it's tenacity, right? There's a balance 
people talk about like time and timing. Like I went to an event, like I think a, a week ago maybe, because I wanted to speak to a particular person who may or may not have been at the event. And I poured two hours into this event and it was kind of like, uh, it feels like a bummer at the end of the night. But I was able to talk to that person within the last five minutes. And like suddenly it was like, okay, boom. Now that made the difference. I think people have this notion that like networking is supposed to be balanced. Networking isn't balanced. Don't confuse balance with nuance. If you pour two hours into something because that relationship could be worth the time and you spend two hours trying to get in front of that person and you get in front of that person in the last five minutes with the walk away that there might be a further dialogue, that's a success. It's not, oh yeah, but I, I wasted two hours. No, that was the preparation. And then you achieved what you wanted to achieve and focus on those bounces. That's how you find those little side entrances into the dialogues and you skip the line that everybody else is waiting in. Yeah, that's a really good point. I know I've spent hours and hours pitching or following up with somebody to get that one meeting and then it turns into a fantastic friendship from there. But sometimes you've just got to be able to keep going. I'm kind of glad to hear that that's a norm. I did that. We had a um, business of software conference in Boston, and it was at the time the most expensive conference I had ever paid for. Very prestigious, really great crowd. April Dunford was a speaker that year, and I bought a ticket to go, not necessarily because I was really interested in the content, because the content was geared towards software founders, right? Like these CEOs and people who are building software businesses. I went more to just be in the room. I wanted to be around the people who are building the things, talking to them. As somebody who thinks about relationships and network building, that's good to hear that wasn't like a crazy thing to do to just figure out how do I get in the place where the people who I want to help happen to be. Let's see if I can make some friends and make some introductions. At the time, I thought maybe, or my husband at least thought that was a little crazy. He's like, but this isn't even towards you or your business. And I was like, yeah, but the people in this room could be like really beneficial just to know, just to shake their hand and meet them in real life. Yeah, and Adrian, to your point too, and, and it's, I think it comes down to your primary motivators. What do you really want to get out of it? And then you from there, you decide who to surround yourself with. So I think it's a combination of things, of course, and that's probably way oversimplified. But if I know, like Adam said, it's just you don't want to be 100 paces away from the ball that you're trying to catch. So understanding yourself and why you're at the event or why, why you're reaching out to somebody, it's knowing the underlying theme and then knowing how that connects to your primary motivators, I think, in general. So I know we're getting towards the end of the time. I don't know what everybody else has. I think, Tabitha, you said you mentioned that you have another work call to hop on to. I've got a hard stop. You have a hard stop? Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I so, do roundup. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do reverse. Adrian, if you want to go first and I'll go last. What are we doing first? Oh, just a roundup of um, where people can find you and because we're going to wrap this at 11. Oh, cool. Well, obviously here at Adrian Nicole, I spend a lot of time on Twitter, which I like at bestbuyerpersona.com and at adriannicole.com. But really just feel free to DM or connect. Always happy to make new friends. I think that's even in my bio. Like it really is. My goal is to just meet people and, and get to know you as a person. Really, it doesn't even matter if it's about if our business needs to meet each other because it's about so much more than that. So, yeah. Awesome. I'm not sure if I'm next, but I'll hop in because I have to go. So thanks for everyone who showed up today. I hope we get to do this again. I would love to hear questions too next time. Just people coming in with the questions and specific scenarios that they want to talk about. But anyway, my name is Tabitha and thanks for having me. You can find me on LinkedIn if you search 
hashtag Tab the Recruiter, again, or Tabitha Kavanaugh. I am still figuring out Twitter. So if you really want to connect with me, find me on LinkedIn because, or you could try here, but, but I'm still navigating. So I look forward to staying in touch with everyone. And thanks again for having me today. And I'm Adam. Um, you can just really look for the orange sunglasses. It's the same across all the platforms. I'm really grateful for everybody who, who showed up today and, and brought in great comments. Obviously to Adrian and Tabitha and to Michael, I'm sorry that my phone crapped out halfway in the middle, but if anyone wants to hit me up about networking or relationship building or stuff like that, I'm always down to have those conversations. But until then, uh, just tweet me.